everybody good morning thank you so much for joining me on this edition of down to earth it's friday september 4th and i believe it's labor day weekend i say i believe because i couldn't go anywhere for labor day i couldn't go out for labor day i don't know about you but i don't think it's safe to move around the country i think every time we move from place to place and space to space we're taking the virus with us to places and spaces that perhaps would not have been exposed to it. So I don't believe that this is a time for us to move around. I don't like it either. I'm just like you, waiting to exhale, literally, like waiting to enjoy a moment when life kind of goes back to normal, sort of. Or more importantly, when COVID-19 is gone, we have defeated it or we have it under control and some semblance of normalcy is returned to our lives. I can't wait for that. I, I think as we approach Labor Day weekend, I know most of us have grown accustomed to wearing masks. There are still uh, significant segments of the population who are demonstrating that this is their uh, constitutional rights. I don't know what's constitutional about wearing a mask or not. I think wearing a mask is, <laughs> if, if for nothing else, it protects you or it protects me from your spit and your breathing. You know what I mean? So I'm going to wear it to protect myself from you. So you don't have to be protected from me, but I'm doing it for myself. So I, I, I don't get the argument about it, but it's Labor Day weekend and traditionally, we kind of just chill, you know, the kids are, are away at college and as parents, you get a chance to just chill and you're getting ready for those who are going back to school. And you know, it's fall, so we start looking around for fall things. You start planning Thanksgiving dinner, who is gonna come for Thanksgiving, make travel plans for Thanksgiving. And the thing that I miss is, I miss that, I miss, you know, pulling out your Halloween decorations or what are you going to do for Halloween this year? I miss the fact that we're not planning Thanksgiving dinner. Like, it's not fun this year. It's not going to be fun. I'm still just thinking about it. It just makes me want to taste sweet potato pie. I'm not kidding you. The taste of it is just right there, right? It's, it's, it's just not appealing. The thing that I also miss the most is the fall football season. I miss football. I miss college ball on a Saturday. I would do my laundry while I watch the game. I miss the NFL on a Sunday after church. Well, we're not going to church anymore either. So there is a lot going on. Instead, those kinds of activities have been replaced by demonstrations and shootings and racial unrest and people getting killed in the street. And right now, uh, over 181,000 people have died since March from the coronavirus. And the latest model from the Emory University is projecting that in the next four months, there will be an additional 224,000 deaths. Not fun. So not fun. So pray for us, right? So today on our show, we're going to talk about something that's trending on social media or was trending on social media yesterday. It's Rachel Dolezal part two. It's the black fishing professor named Jessica Krug. Jessica Krug is a professor of African and Latin, Latin American studies who portrayed herself as a black person, but who has now revealed she's been lying. 
she's in fact a white Jewish woman from Kansas City. Krug is an associate professor at George Washington University, has written extensively about African Latin American diaspora and identity, all while claiming her own Black and Latina heritage. But in an article published on Medium.com on Thursday, Krug revealed the truth. She's white. We call it the black fishing. You know what black fishing is? Remember the show Catfishing that was on MTV? Well, catfishing was about people who presented a different persona online. And when they showed up, they looked nothing like who, how they presented themselves. Right? So people put up all these photos that I look this great. And then when they show up, they look the opposite of it. Well, it's the same, that's what black fishing is. Someone who pretends to be black or who shows, pretends to be black, claims to be black, but is in fact not black. In a lot of ways, for a lot of uh, black intellectuals, this is sort of the appropriating of black culture. And it's the appropriating of black culture because you have to ask yourself, what is it about black culture? Are we so beaten down? Are black people so beaten down that just about anybody can claim to be black? I mean, just a few years ago, it was Rachel Dolezal. Remember her? She was in fact a professor at Eastern Washington University and was president of the local chapter of the NWACP until she was outed that she's in fact a white woman who has white relatives and who has never been black. There's no mix up in her heritage base or in her ethnic base. There's another guy out there, Sean King, who also claims to be black, but Sean King is a white man. Okay, on a good day, Sean doesn't look like, Sean looks like a good suntan would probably burn his skin. I, I, I kid you not. It, it's interesting to me, the appropriating of black culture. It, it, you have to ask yourself what it is about black culture that makes people want to be black. Everybody wants the black experience, but don't want the lived black experience where you are racially profiled when you walk into a store. You're racially profiled when you apply for a mortgage. You're racially profiled when you apply for a credit card or for a loan. Just yesterday, I was reading something. In, I was reading an article that said the same thing that uh, when people apply for credit cards and so on, they are racially profiled and black and Latinas rarely ever get high credit limits or get higher interest rates. It's just systemic racism that is in operation. And so you, you, so you ask yourself, what do they say on these forms? Did, did, did Krug, Jessica, did, I'm not going to call her professor. They, uh, she studied at uh, Wisconsin University one of, uh, in, 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 Madison, in Wisconsin. So she studied there. But to refer to her as an associate professor at George Washington University, that she's a professor of African and Latin American studies, is crazy. I am not doing that. I'm not giving her that. I don't care how many degrees she holds in it. She is a thief and a liar. And so many times in our culture, we're ready to point the finger at black people, but we're never pointing the finger at white people who appropriate black culture. This is called black fishing. And, and it, it, it's amazing to me. The woman is widely published. I don't know how she got so lucky, but she's widely published. She's only been a professor like for 10 years. So it's not as if she has uh, a career that is tenured and esteemed and steeped in the culture, 
No, she's only been a professor for 10 years. So you got to understand, I'm asking myself, how she got so far so quick? Because there's so many uh, adjunct professors right now who have been writing on the same subject, who, uh, who have possessed and who possess so many black intellectuals who possess the degrees herewith that they have studied in and are performing as adjunct professors sometimes. They barely are a professor for a year. They have odd number of professors. Their courses are not taught consistently. And this girl got away with murder. She's widely published. Essence magazine yesterday pulled an article that she had written, but we found it though. We found it. It's archived. And I got to ask the question. So the question I asked is how, how she got so far so quick. There are so many black authors who are struggling for recognition. There are so many black authors who have written uh, uh, in tomes and who have written articles and are, are, are steeped. They're learned in what they're writing about. Words are failing me right now because I think I'm still focused on the fact that she got away with murder, that she got away with appropriating black culture and pretending to be black. And it was like, none of y'all saw this. So from what I understand, uh, what I, what I read was that she, (laughs) she was about to be exposed. There was an investigation raised by her colleagues, uh, trying to ascertain the, her, her blackness and apparently couldn't be proven. So she learned of the investigation and decided to jump ahead of it to reduce it. But girl, you're wrong in every way. And I know she's listening and reading online. And and here's the thing that is alarming about this is that she's going to get away with it. She's going to end up on NBC. They all end up on NBC. She's going to appear on NBC. She's going to get a book deal. She's going to do the circuit, the tour, and she's going to be paid for appropriating black culture, which is exactly what she wanted to do. Because she would have just been a nondescript, another nondescript white woman who is a professor who simply became a professor because she's white for no other reason. And instead, she chose to stand out and using her base now as lying about being black to make money. That is appropriating black culture. And guess what? We don't have much control over it because the media the fake media, sometimes Trump is right. I ain't kidding you. I don't agree with him on everything, on most things, but in this one thing, he might be right. The media is fake because the media is going to take her story and legitimize her and make it sound as if it is okay. See, this thing started a long time ago, but the Kardashians made billions of pretending to be black. They went and got a face, uh, facelifts to make sure they have full lips like a black woman, but make fun of black women who were uh, in video, in music videos. That she went and got uh, her buttocks to look like a black woman, but made fun of same black women in music videos. I kid you not, the appropriating of black culture and not being recognized and not being paid. Meanwhile, at the same time, you're killing black men in the street, putting spit guard on them, forcing them on the ground, affixing, uh, suffocating them in the snow, on the street like they're animals. And when you pick up a white man who has the same level of mental illness, you treat him with some regard, you treat him with human dignity. Why couldn't Daniel Prude have been treated with dignity? You give Jessica Krug the credence because of the color of her skin. And I just want to know, how come y'all around her 
didn't realize that this was going on. But again, the voices that rose up, no one took them seriously. Because why? The people who said she wasn't black were black. Because they were black, nobody listened to her. I read a report on CNN where one student uh, did have a few issues with it, but the student said um, she kept changing where she came from. At one point, she was from uh, 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 she was from another. She was from the Dominican Republic, and at the time, she was from from uh, Puerto Rico. She even wrote about being a black Puerto Rican, an experience that she hasn't lived, but she got away with it. And watch out for the book tour because it's juicy and salacious. And it's another way for white culture to ram it down our throats that we are insignificant. And when we're ready, yes, we have the privilege to be just like you. And then we can slip back into our, in, into our white privilege. This is, all of this is contributing to the conversation about race in America. And it's no longer a conversation. It's a subject that has taken to the streets. Because now people are fed up and tired. Because this girl achieved achieved success and achieved standing in the community and achieved tenured professorship by pretending to be black. Meanwhile, the real black people are on college campuses as adjunct professors. They're on college campuses, barely recognized, published, yes, have several degrees, yes, but still not recognized. And I look at Essence, for instance, and I got to ask Essence Magazine, what's your vetting process? What, what, what processes do you go through to vet people? Because you have writers who write, but it seems to me like if they're not famous, like if they're not a, a, a movie star or a singer or entertainer, you don't use them. So how did you get this woman? And you never questioned her blackness. But you'd, well, you wouldn't question me because I sound like I'm from the Caribbean. So you're not going to question me. But am I published on Essence? No. Am I considered an expert in, in what I talk about, ending violence against women? Undoubtedly. But have you seen me on Essence? How many black intellectuals and writers and creatives are lost in the fray because they have not been accepted, neither by their own culture, or by their own people. But you take up this woman who never looked black. D- didn't her complexion kind of strike you funny? I saw a picture of her. Is that how she looked while she walked amongst you? L- let me explain. Uh, biracial black people tend to have a creamy color. Our complexions tend to be creamy. Right? But hers looked orange. Uh, the white people I know, when they actually do go in the sun and get a tan, they turn red. Hers just looked burnt orange all the time. How did you all not see that? It was the same thing with Rachel Dolezal. Didn't it always look like it was just layer skin? It was just layer. It wasn't even skin deep. I just want to know. Because when these people are presented to me, they don't fool me. It, it's not just about the facial features, whether it's the nose. Or the, I don't care about stuff like that. You just don't feel authentic enough. You just don't it off you just don't feel authentic. And the thing about it is is the is the appropriating of black culture. It's the fact that the people who have actually lived this experience that she claims, the experiences she claims as a black Latina, and the fact that she came from the Caribbean, 
and the Caribbean is a broad place because none of us really say that we, we, we tend to identify ethnically where we are from in the Caribbean. But she claimed that. Then she also claimed that she has some, uh, some, uh, she also claimed that she has some, uh, she also originated from Brazil. She wrote extensively about the Angolan slave trade. But when I asked about the Angolan slave trade, the Angolan slave trade took place within Angola. Angola was one of the first places where the Portuguese had gone. So they traded uh, people across Africa. They didn't make it to the new world. But she claims that those are her ancestors who were taken and sent to Brazil. In fact, a lot of Angolan uh, slaves, uh, Angol native Angolans were taken to, to by the Portuguese to Brazil in when, when the trade, when the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade first started. It's the craziest thing you have ever heard. It, it's stirring up a lot of feelings because now that we've, we're not sitting down. We've never really been quiet. We have been suffocated. Yeah, we've been suffocated mentally, emotionally, and now physically. We've always been suffocated. We have always been shoved down our throats that you are the minority. So you don't have a you don't have a voice and you do what we tell you to do. You sit in the corner and if you don't sit in the corner, we're gonna lock you up, beat you up, shoot you, or lynch you on a tree. That day and time is is past. And people are saying, nah, you ain't gonna intimidate us with that now. We have the same things that you have, so we're gonna do the same things that you do. And especially now that the country has browned. The country is now much is, is brown. I think in a lot of ways that it, that is uh, explaining why there's so much racial unrest in the streets because I think some people have recognized that they're losing their foothold. And in losing their foothold, they want to continue to subjugate brown and black people, to institutionalize brown and black people. It's like looking at even the situation with Daniel Perdue, yeah? When you look at it, you ask yourself, well, black people are not the only ones with mental health issues. So when white families call the police on their white family members who have mental health issues, what happens? Are they treated with indignity? Are they treated ignominiously like that? Or are they taken and escorted to a mental health facility or to a hospital? So why was Mr. Perdue shot in the street? He wasn't pointing a gun at the officers. He spat at them. So they put a spit guard over him to protect themselves from bodily fluids and so on. We get that. Yeah, we would expect that. But did you have to push him down on the ground for three minutes and push his nose down so he suffocated on a wet, snowy road? Right? And here over here is this white woman parading as a black woman, being esteemed highly by academia. What about black academics? What about black intellectuals on college campuses across the country who are in predominantly white institutions and who are sitting back and watching this unfold? I dare say many of you are now going to start questioning people's ethnicity, as you should. Somebody comes up to you now and claim to be a little bit too eager beaver 
to say they're black or people like to tell you I have a black boyfriend or I have a black friend we all just typically just roll our eyes like okay so whatever but now you you have to say well what is it to you what is it to you about the black experience that you want to emulate but you're not living it because if you really lived it you would know what it's like to be hosed down and beaten in the streets you would know what it is like to be profiled when you go into a starbucks just to buy a cup of coffee because you're meeting someone you know what it is like to go in the bank to apply for a loan and they turn you down but a white person comes in with no credit history no nothing and gets the same loan that you just applied for you would know what it is like when you apply for a car loan when you get a car loan and you're paying twice what a white person would pay it is amazing have you ever just asked yourself just ask your white colleague who drives a similar car to you just ask them what their payments look like you'd be surprised when you do you're most likely to call your lender and accuse them of racial discrimination i have been there black fishing i didn't even know there was such a term for i i can't imagine i think i'm still kind of left for words as to why why would anyone want to do this why would anyone want to pretend to be something that you are not you know it's it it you know a lot of people wear colored contact lenses to change the color of their eyes the most i do is is change the color of my hair and i have some really deep intrinsic reasons why i do that i do it because I remember when I used to wear my hair black that I used was beaten up. So every time I look in the mirror, I don't want to be reminded of that. Cuz then I was powerless. So I changed the color of my hair. But I don't know, but changing the color of my hair is not the same as changing my appearance. You see what I mean? So I don't know that I would wear colored contact lenses that would literally give me a different appearance. because I don't think it's authentic. I don't think it rings true. Yes, I have uh European and African ancestry. That is very true. I can't hide that and I can't deny that. It exists. But at the same time, I don't know I I like being me. I like the way that I was created to be. I think I enjoy that. I think I'm proud of it, but I enjoy it. I I I accept me the way that I am. I don't have to present myself in a different way to the society for validation from the society because frankly I don't look to the society for validation. So I'm not about to appropriate anyone else's culture to validate my existence. Unfortunately, that's what Jessica Krug did. No, I'm not going to call her a professor because she claimed to have been an associate professor of African and Latin American studies. an experience that she never lived. It is one thing to teach it. Yes, you can teach it if you feel you are versed in it or you've studied well enough in it and there are folks who do. But claiming to live it. In the article I read on Medium yesterday, she alluded to the fact that she has significant mental health issues and that childhood trauma is what is driving her need. to appear to be something she's not. Now, 
that's all designed to make you feel sorry for her. That's all designed to make, to put the blame, shift the blame onto something like childhood trauma that most of us can identify with to say that that is the reason why you are the way you are. Seriously, you could have come up with something better. She also claimed to have mental health. Well, unproven. Maybe you're taking antidepressants. This is why sometimes I don't, I don't agree with classifying depression as mental health, mental unwellness. Depression comes and goes. Depression fluctuates with your hormones. Depression comes at different times of your life. I don't agree with it. I think we need to classify mental health, what is mental illness, as separate. I don't believe that depression is part of it because depression is influenced by all kinds of factors, environmental factors and hormonal factors. And then you feel better and it goes away. Mental illness is people, you, you're, you just can't assimilate. You simply can't function because your impulses and the way you process is different, right? So you, you, you look at this woman who is claiming that mental illness, check that out, is the reason and childhood trauma is the reason why she lied to all of her network. Just imagine she's teaching students and she has lied to people. The, the university in a, in a report, to, in a note to, um, they wrote to CNN to say they're investigating, but they can't comment on personal matters. And I'm like, I bet you can't. What kind of processes and validation processes did you go through? You exalted her and put her in a position, even when she obviously does not look black or Latina. You, you want to know what Latina people look like? You have clear images and clear examples. There's Cardi B, there's Jennifer Lopez, uh, there is Eva Longoria. There are all kinds of examples of what Latino and black Latino people look like. But to actually, the university now needs to question, are they going to withdraw what she's, you know, her, her course of work and her publications? Uh, I mean, if it is studied, I don't know. But I think everything she has done is invalidated by the fact that she claimed an identity she didn't have. And for that, I expect her to pay some form of appropriation. It's never going to be enough. Somebody suggested that she should pay back. Yes, she should. She should pay back to Essence Magazine and all other uh, editorials that she has written on. She also should apologize and pay back right there in Washington, right there in DC where her university is located. She should, she should do community service in the black community to see what the lived experience of being black is like. Just a few months ago, John Lewis and the mayor of DC stood on Black Lives Matter Plaza. Was she out there? She was a tenured professor at George Washington University. Was she out there? From what I've read about her, she leads very spirited discussions on whether rap began in Brooklyn or in the Bronx. She claims to have that kind of background, a Caribbean background. But let me ask you this, how many people ever looked at her features and wondered because at some point the ethnicity is going to tell and and the question here is not about us 
judging other people's ethnicity but when people are going to claim to have a lived experience that they haven't had and they're going to base a whole lifestyle on that come on now we need to examine that it's the craziest thing ever it's the craziest thing that this year has been one of the wildest years in the history of the history ever since they started recording history it seems like if you could think it in 2020 it happened double here comes this woman black fishing again rachel dolizal part two rachel dolizal was became so sidelined that i think they even tried her for medicare medicaid fraud because she was uh collecting welfare but on her welfare forms she said she was black so that's fraud i mean I guess you wanted the lived experience of being black. They made her have it. If this woman wants to be black so bad, she should enjoy the lived experience of being black. How about being ostracized and vilified and being uninvited to places where you clearly have the experience, you clearly have the content to contribute to it, but you are not. How about that? I feel that this should happen to her. I don't think that she should get away with it. It's it's crazy. It's just simply crazy and it, it should be an outrage. And I think we all are outraged and shocked that she would dare to think she could get away with it. Like, seriously? And you have to ask yourself, the academics who are black at George Washington raised, raised questions about it, but no one, listen to this, no one listened to them. No one validated their claim that she was not black. Why? Because it's okay for white people to appropriate black culture all day, every day. Now, if she were black and was claiming to be white, it would, you know, white people would have validated that. They would want to claim that. If somebody brought up that claim, yeah, they're going to check into it and looking into it. But the fact that she were white, she's white rather, and claims to be black, no one cares. It reminds us continually that as, as, as a group and as an ethnic group, we're constantly being derided, demeaned, put down, ignored, stomped upon. And it, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing to me. I want to read some of the stuff. This, this woman actually published uh, published something on Essence magazine and I think Essence pulled it as quickly as as it appeared but it, it didn't work listen to this according to Essence historian Jessica Krug examines the constructs of empire state and language and imagines the radical possibilities for black freedom beyond them listen to this witch I kid you not She's writing about Que Viva Puerto Rico Libre, we cry, waving the flag of a never-realized national dream. You've never even been to Puerto Rico, have you? Listen to this. She's talking about, in the wake of the abolition of slavery, white people concocted policy and myth to secure their power. In the wake of the abolition, the abolition of slavery and Jim Crow and civil rights in America, a white woman concocted the myth of being black to sit in academia. I mean, this just gets worse and worse. Listen to this. This is what she wrote on Essence. 
across the Americans nation-sponsored white immigration while former enslavers throughout the hemisphere promoted mythologies of mixing the notion that the national character is a blend of indigenous African and European roots. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh my God. She says, arguing for the existence of black people in the Americas reinforces the insidious lie that blackness is tied to U.S. empire. That 1619 is the beginning of black history in the Americas. That divisions of empire and language shape black realities more than the shared histories of resistance. We. Notice the common word is we. She's identifying with her subject. She's saying that we, she's not writing about it third person. She's not writing about it as if, uh, as if she's an academic. She's writing about it in the first person, we, as if this is something that living black is something she can identify with. Y'all need to take this girl down. And to every publication that ever published her work, you owe us the black community, the black family. You owe us an apology. This is crazy. You cannot, we cannot continue to substantiate these claims from people who choose to be black. Because guess what? George Floyd did not have a choice to be black. He was born black and he's laid out in a grave right now. So is Rayshard Brooks. He didn't choose to be black. Breonna Taylor is still dead since March. She's still dead and nobody's been arrested for it. She didn't choose to be black, but she's black. And because of her blackness, she was murdered and shot. Jacob Blake is still paralyzed from the waist down. God help him. Shot seven times in his back. He didn't choose to be black. He was born that way. And because of his blackness, he was shot seven times in his back. Tamir Rice was a 12-year-old kid with a toy gun who was shot and killed, who could have been a college freshman today. Tamir Rice would have graduated high school in June and he would have been a college freshman today, but he didn't get that chance. He was a 12-year-old black kid, born black, standing in a park with a toy gun and a white woman called the cops on him. That is the lived black experience in the Americas. Amen? Amen. That is the lived black experience. The lived black experience does not allow for us to make mistakes and those mistakes to be seen as lapses in judgment. Look at how she says it. She says, I'm not a culture vulture. I'm a leech. Look at her describing herself. She is crazy and probably needs to be committed. And anybody in her inner circle should ensure that she's committed. She literally is saying, I, I, the culture doesn't have to cancel me. I cancel myself. Girl, please sit your white self down and go get a life. Apparently, living while white was not entertaining enough for you. Living while white was not affirming for you. Don't come over here and try to appropriate black culture because you have no idea what it means to live black. I guarantee you when she applied for credit cards, it is possible she probably put white on them credit card forms. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I wonder what she said on her census forms. Can we check her census going back? 
and see what she clicked off on her government forms, on all her government forms, an investigation needs to be done. What did she tick off on her government forms? <laughs> because it, 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 it's, it's, it's almost as if it's okay. And we did say this from the beginning when the Kardashians appropriated black culture and mimicked black women's features and made an empire, built an empire out of it. We said that this was likely to happen. So other people looked around and said, well, I can do that too. I mean, I don't know if I want to do a sex tape or if I, you know, I'm going to put on a big butt, but I can't pretend to be black in academia. It looks like that is something that is easily done. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to ask yourself the question. What I keep saying this, what is it about the black culture that makes you all want to live black? So much so that you will spend days and hours lying under a tanning machine to become brown. What is it that you like about us and the skin that we're in, but you make sure you want to rob us of living in that skin? So the people born in that skin, it's not okay for them. But it's okay for you, though, to imitate the color of that skin. Hell, this, why are there so many tanning salons? Why do I have, why can I get Jergens lotion that gives me a tan to rub on my skin? Why can I go to emporiums like Sephora and buy a, a, a foundation for my skin uh, that I can rub on my legs? That makes me look tanned. So I can use the excuse that, well, I don't have to wear pantyhose when I, when I, when I, you know, I can just wear this and my legs look covered. Why do you want the experience? Why do you want to present the blackness, but you don't want to live it? I have issues with that. I don't know about you all because I look at athletes, professional athletes right now. They don't get a chance to just be an athlete. They just want to play ball, whatever ball they're playing, whether it's baseball, basketball, football. They just want to play ball, even the tennis star, right? Naomi Osaka, she just wants to play ball. She just It's a tennis ball she plays with. They just want to play ball, but they don't get a chance to do that because of the color of their skin. They're reminded every day that they are black. We constantly see images on TV of black people being taken advantage of. We don't get a chance. But here is Jessica Crook, probably sitting at home, sipping her wine, enjoying the benefits of being a tenured professor, claiming to be black, and probably sitting there laughing the whole time. I would like to ask the men whom she dated. You all knew this. So what did you all say? What did you all do? Because we're in her experience. The, the article didn't say if she's married or not married, if she has children or not. It, it, it didn't identify that. But I'm curious. I want to know now. Since you open yourself up to wanting to appropriate my culture, I want to know what the heck is going on. Because look at it this way. If there's one thing we can all agree on this year in 2020, being black is, is not popular. It's not a good thing. I mean, COVID-19 ran through black communities like crazy and Latina communities. So I don't know how she wants, wants to be black so bad. <laughs> Do you want to get COVID? Do you want to know racism in healthcare? Do you want to experience racism in healthcare? Do you want to experience racism in the workplace? 
do you want to know what it's really like to live as a black woman? That even though you walk into a store, you can probably buy out everything in the store, but they're still treating you as if you don't belong in the store. Remember Oprah Winfrey some years ago was in Europe and walked into a boutique store and the white person behind the counter said she was not welcome in there, that her kind was not welcome in there. This was in Europe. The designer whose store, whose boutique it was, literally begged Oprah not to say anything about it. Why? Because it would have looked bad for his brand because he knew Oprah personally and was honored for Oprah to walk into his store. That means she's going to tell everybody else she bought something there. Do you want that lived experience? To all black creatives and intellectuals out there, I'm just going to encourage you. You know what? Stick with it. To black intellectuals on college campuses, stick to it. Stand your ground. Do your thing. Do you. Continue to study. Continue to stand up and make a difference. You are changing the world because you are changing someone's mind. Your your impact is still felt. Don't give up just because another black fishing woman came, came around and looked at the black experience and said, I can appropriate that and use it for my own good. And when I'm ready, I can take it off because that's all that happened. What happened was it was no longer convenient for her to be black. It was no longer convenient for her to defend it. All her career, she has had to defend herself being black, but it suited her ends. Now she took a different look at it. She says, it's no longer convenient for me to be black. I can drop it off, take it off, go get my whiteness back and then do a whole circuit and make money, sign a book deal for $200,000, make a million dollars in residual income and talk about my experience, a white woman experiencing being black lived out right here in academia. It's amazing to me how public universities continue to show us how racism exists in their ranks because somewhere along the line, somebody somewhere at George Washington University must have seen that somebody somewhere where this woman studied at the University of Wisconsin must have seen the first form she filled out probably never said she was black, probably said she was white. Somebody somewhere must have seen it and just ignored it because she's a white woman, so give her a pass. But a black woman claiming that is examined and lifted up. I kid you not, racism continues to be, systemic racism continues to be this fire, it continues to be this wrong poison that continues to harm our world. White supremacy is the problem because if she didn't think that as a white woman, there would be no reprisal that would come to her. She internalized that, that as a white woman, no harm would come to her in appropriating black culture. She was sure of it, that's why she did it. You remember some years ago, a black woman who lived in a community, she wanted her kids to go to a better school. She filled out school forms and falsified her address so that her kids could go to a better school. The sheriff came and locked her up. She's still serving time for that. A black woman trying to do the right, all she was doing was trying to give her child a better education, better access. They locked her up for it. But a white woman pretending to be black, she gets a pass. I say no, tear this chick down. Tear her down to the ground. Let her feel the lived black experience. There's no way that Jessica Krug should get away with this. Her very last name, for instance. There, there are some people down in South Africa who 
practiced a part that name, Krug. You related to them? I mean, just her last name alone was enough to raise red flags for me. Oh, so where are your, fa- your parents from? And I'm sure many people did ask her that. And I am sure when she came across black Latinas from Puerto Rico, they must have asked the same question. So where in PR are you from? And then she said something that made them think, oh, but she's a professor, so maybe girl hasn't been there in a while. So maybe that's what happened. This is the craziest thing. Tear her down to the ground. Remove her from her pedestal. NBC, CNN, Fox, all the fake media that is going to give this girl, CNN, all of you who are going to give her time, airtime, to tell her story, but you wouldn't give a black intellectual the same amount of credence and time. Shame on you all for letting her parade through academia, pretending to be black Latina, when she's in fact a white Jewish woman from Kansas City. Shameful. Racism in America never ends. Systemic racism is so pervasive that a white woman actually thinks she can get away with it. Every time. Rachel Dalziel, part two. Rachel Dalziel, part two. I don't even care what her name is. The blackfishing and the appropriating of black culture to suit your own devices, and your own needs paraded in academia and is a historian given the credibility. It's not that her studied works aren't good, but you didn't live the experiences so it invalidates everything you've written because you were accepted based on the assumption that you are a survivor and a descendant of those lived experiences. It's time for her to go. My name is Harriet Kamek. Go to my website, harrietkamek.com, as well as visit my pages on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and stream our podcast on iHeartRadio. Thank you so much, everybody. My book, Through the Fire, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com, wherever books are sold, wherever you are in the world, my books are translated into the language that you speak. Thank you so much, everybody. It's Friday. Happy Labor Day weekend. Be blessed.